Women of Exodus, welcome to another. I said another. I said another. Okay. No. Welcome. Uh, to I was ready. Ready. <laughs> when was you like? You play too much. Stop supporting my shenanigans, please. <laughs> well, so okay. Hold on. We digress. All right, Women of Exodus, welcome to another episode of Beauty from Ashes with your girl Kid, and I'm Fox. And today we are covering the topic of colorism. Yes, we said it out loud. Get into it. Colorism. Yes, it still is around. Yes, it still exists. Uh, and Fox and I both living in the beauty world. Yes, it is still a thing. Very real. Um, and for those of you that potentially are unfamiliar with the topic of colorism, um, let's, you know, kind of break this down for you and what we're going to, you know, really talk about and get into this, uh, this, uh, this afternoon. Um, so colorism, of course, is it's just uh, another form of discrimination, unfortunately, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, comes to different shades. <laughs> of the same race or different, uh, you know, and specifically, I will say, uh, in the Black community. Um, not, not to say that we are the only community or the only culture that, you know, um, suffers from this, unfortunately. This is something that has lived uh, within our culture, you know, for decades, and it continues to be uh, a really touchy subject for a lot of us, very emotional and uh, tied to a lot of I believe a lot of psychological beliefs of, you know, how we believe, you know, how we see ourselves and the things that have been, you know, taught to us about who we are, you know, based on our skin color, you know. So I like to know, you know, you know, is this, you know, this is all still be, you know, still a thing. And I think with um, us, you know, kind of being in everybody's backyard all the time and seeing, and you know, a lot of cultural assimilation happening, you know, in this day and age, you know, it's interesting to me how colorism was always a thing. But then when I think about some, or look at some of the images that we're seeing now when it comes to beauty, um, there's a lot of cultural assimilation going on with, you know, of course, lighter skins wanting to be darker, but they don't want what comes with that darkness, right? So, you know, we talked about that. We just mentioned that we're not the only race to go through this fox. You know, come on, chime in with me. What's your thoughts yeah. on that? So we know like here as, you know, diaspora Africans, we know that we have that experience here through the chattel slavery system and, you know, how they tiered um, who will work here, who will work there based on their skin tone. Um, and that's, we still see the effects of that today. Um, whether it's among each other, um, whether it's in the workplace, you know, like you mentioned assimilation earlier and how, you know, if you had fairer skin and if you had straighter hair, it was more plausible and you were more hireable and likable. Um, this is written in text and it is still something we see today, which is why there's the Crown Act and just so many other things. Uh, but like you said, we're not the only ones to experience this. So, you know, all along the coast of West Africa, there's, you know, this whole thing about bleaching and even in Asia and parts of South Asia. And, you know, you, we see see people emerging and talking about their experience you know how in you know Bali films or even Nollywood films I like Nollywood films um you know there's this 
issue of, you know, who's depicted, you know, as beautiful and fair skin, um, finer and, you know, silkier hair is revered. Um, and it's really has to do with the impact. Um, and I'm just going to say it, but it has to do with the impact of white supremacy and how it has affected cultures globally. Yeah, European um, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's not just something that we're experiencing alone. And we talked about this and we're going to talk about it more to, you know, how as beauty experts working with a variety of every shade of beauty, how some they have been affected in a way where they don't want their tone matched, right? They want a fairer tone because that is considered to be more beautiful, especially if it's for a ceremony. Like I have done um, weddings for, you know, for lack of better terms, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not in a space right now to be 100% politically correct because um, I've heard different terms too, but like for Indian weddings, traditional Indian weddings, right. um, some of my friends that are Nigerian, um, you know, and just seeing like, you know, if we cool like that, we can have the conversation of, you know, well, this ain't your tone. But when it comes to dealing with clients face-to-face, <laughs> we don't know, yeah. you know, kind of have to just, you know, give the client what they what they want. We can, you know, educate them as much as we like, but just seeing the effects, like you said, it's not just within the Black community. You know, this is something that's emphasized here because we're talking about it. This is our, you know, geopolitical place is in America. However, um, this is abroad. It's with everyone. um experiencing this so I agree and I'm glad that you you mentioned that as well too because like you said us working in the beauty industry you know I I can I can you know recall you know working um you know working at uh working at the counters you know uh you know some years ago and I would be interacting with you know clients of different cultures, you know, and I'll like, uh, and it was a lot of, um, uh, a lot of West African, you know, um, clients that I would work with that, you know, I would be in a situation of matching them and they would insist of, they would insist on like a shade, two, three shades lighter than what it actually was, you know, and I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, because in my mind, I'm like, we struggle so much with trying to make sure that, you know, there's enough, you know, colors that exist within the beauty world for, you know, to be able to match us perfectly. So when I was, you know, I was kind of taken back when I was working with some clients and it, you know, like, and it, like you said, even in the Asian culture, I, you know, that, that porcelain like skin is really revered, you know, in terms of how they, you know, how they see themselves and that, that lighter skin was considered beautiful or perfection. And no matter how that looked, I mean, it would, it's like, and it was a term we, you know, we used to use this, you know, call like, we used to call it like the floating head syndrome, where it kind of looks like where your head's not attached to the rest of your body, you know, and we say that jokingly, but at the end, you know, but at the root of all of this, you know, being really real, like, what about that? Or what instinctually you know, is that, you know, is it just a cultural, you know, a cultural thing where it's something that, you know, that is, you know, sacred within that culture, or is it just a reflection of what was being told to us or shown to us, right? Right. I think, I think for some, because I do like to look at other cultures and just, you know, how they celebrate things traditionally Mm -hmm. or what their idea of beauty is. And it may not necessarily be something that reflects what we, you know, know to be beauty. 
and nor right. does it invalidate what beauty is or what that definition is for anyone. Right, um, by no means. By so, no what, means. you know, but what we're focusing on today is a fact of like, just the, the term that we know it to be colorism, like this is what it is. So let's talk about like our experiences with it, you know, as you know, young black girls here, you know, in the US, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, you know, that that was a thing growing up. Like, you know, you're dark skinned, so you're automatically considered ugly. I used to be called blacky, darky. And this is from being, you know, as, as young as I can remember. And I have a sister, she's not light skinned, but she's brown skinned. She's a little lighter than me. And I remember someone saying to her once with me in earshot, don't um, come out the sun, don't stand in the sun. You don't want to get too dark. And it's like, what? <laughs> like what does that mean like so you know that that distinction and um that followed me all the way up in, into high school and now perfect example um remember when Dave Chappelle was doing the uh Rick James skit <laughs> and there was a guy who used to when I was in the hallway used to say darkness everyone darkness is spreading and I confronted him one day and I was so tearful and I confronted him like, yo, cause that, you know, the school we were in, there weren't right. a lot of black, you know, people. It was, you know, it was very, it was diverse, but there weren't a lot of black people. And mm -hmm. it's just like, why, you know, why are you doing this to me? Like why, you know, he was like, oh, I was just joking. And he stopped after we talked about it, but this went on for a long time. Right. And it's just like, you're yelling down the whole darkness. You know, there's, there's a whole stigma. Um, colorism, you know, men and women experience it. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, darker skinned men are considered to be more attractive and darker skinned women are considered to be more masculine, less attractive. Like Kevin Hart made his very distasteful comment about dark skinned women ruining your credit and dark skinned women could take a punch. You know, so we're thinking about all these things about you know how dark-skinned women are perceived and to have lived that was just like ooh, it was hard and I you know in an, uh, another episode we, we talked about I said I never really wanted to be dark-skinned I just never want I mean light-skinned I just never wanted to be ugly and mm -hmm. ugly and dark-skinned it's like they're synonymous you know um so yeah. being dark-skinned was associated with not being pretty yeah what about like what about your experiences with um with colorism growing up um, I, I mean, in some instances, you know, for me, it was, uh, some of the same, it, it was some of the same, you know, some of the same, um, issues with, you know, with skin color. And I, you know, I remember having these conversations, you know, um, when I was younger with, uh, with my mom and my aunt and, you know, my grandmother, you know, cause all of, you know, everybody, you know, just about just about everybody on my, you know, my maternal side of the family, you know, we're all brown skin, you know, brown skin beauties with a few, you know, uh, you know, other shades, you know, few uh, other shades mixed in there, you know, so all shades, all beautiful. But at the time, I think just having the conversation about deeper skin and what that represented and how that, you know, how it was received, uh, was something interesting not it was a story my it was a story my aunt told me that sticks with me all the time and I feel like you know you and I might have had this conversation before when I was telling you about you know my aunt who is you know a deeper skinned woman and she um said that it was this man when she was uh when she was a little bit younger like right around right before she had met my uncle who is fair skin very keen features 
um, very handsome man. Uh, and he, <laughs> and she said she remember having, uh, remembers having the conversation with this, um, with this older gentleman about her marrying somebody who was lighter than her, you know, um, so that her babies wouldn't be dark. And I was like, what the heck is that about? Like, what do you mean? So her babies wouldn't be dark, you know? So she said, and she literally kind of held on to that in the back of her mind for a while. Now, don't get me wrong, because my, my aunt, full of confidence and, you know, you couldn't tell her she was not stunning, honey, you know? So it's not for lack of self-confidence, but when somebody tells you something, I think sometimes it, it regardless of how confident you can be, it'll stick with you, right? And so I don't know if it was subconsciously or if it was intentional or what the situation was, but of course she wind up marrying, you know, my uncle, like I said, who is a light skin, you know, a lighter skin man, you know, um, uh, has, you know, some very keen European like features. So like her, you know, her son is kind of like the best of both. Right. You know? Um, but I think for, even for me personally, I, I, I had those experiences, I feel like in high school sometimes, because at the time, and I, you know, it was the light-skinned girls, the long hair, you know, with the, you know, the lighter color eyes, all of those good things. Those were the pretty girls, right? Um, so there were times of insecurity for me when I had to look at myself and I'm like, well, I don't necessarily, you know, my skin's not lighter, you know, it's not darker. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't have a, you know, a problem, you know, attracting guys, but at the same time, <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> anyway, so, but still, it was one of those situations where it was just kind of like, there were those moments of insecurity, definitely. And I think I can recall distinctly in beauty, there was a, uh, a client that had approached, you know, that had approached me. It was, uh, I'll never forget this, Fox. And it was too older women and I um I was I was working uh working in Atlanta and there were two older white women and I was helping them you know choose a lipstick or something like that and I noticed that one of the women she just kept staring at me Fox and I was like okay am I doing something wrong am I not helping you know I feel like I'm giving her you know just giving them great service and trying to like really interact with them and, you know, ask questions. And then she just automatically stopped. And I asked her, you know, like, you know, was, you know, what I was helping her with, was she cool with it? And she said, and she looks at me and she said, you know, you're really pretty for a colored girl. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, cause I mean, the comment caught me so off guard, Fox. Now, mind you, this was maybe about, I would have to say like, and, I, and it, the, 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 the situation just stuck in, is still so fresh in my mind. This happened maybe about 05, 06, right? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So not that far removed, but right. I remember that moment and I just remember saying, um, okay. And then I said, you ladies mind if I, you know, just step away for just a moment. I'll, you know, I'll be right back. I had to go get somebody else to help them because it just dropped on me like a ton of bricks because I was like, yo, is she kidding me? Did she just call me a colored girl? 
And not on top of that, but saying that I'm pretty for a girl as if I was not supposed to be because I was a black girl. So yeah, it's those kind of moments that really kind of take the wind out of you. So it either, you know, angers you and frustrates you, which it did at the time, which is why I had to step away because I'm like, okay, let me gather myself before I get myself in trouble here and walk away. So I did, and I got somebody else to help them, you know, because I had to take a minute to digest that one, right? But the, the audacity. Right. Well, speaking of audacity, so, you know, again, growing up in Brooklyn was like, you know, and I could kind of understand as an adult why there's such division because, you know, dark skin, you automatically consider Jamaican, Haitian, or African, and as if that's bad, right? Um you know, I consider myself like, yes, the U.S. is my geopolitical place. However, Africa is a part of me. I, it, it doesn't separate from me. But when you're growing up and you don't have this awareness, you know, Jamaican, Haitian or African, it's just like, no, I'm not. I'm black. And, you know, but it's it's it has such a negative connotation because you're dark skin. And when you talked about, you know, for a colored girl, I remember you know, high school, even though I was going through that, being bullied in school for being dark skinned, still right. like, you know, when people approach me, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, you pretty for a dark skinned girl or you pretty for a black girl. Um, I don't usually date dark skinned girls, but you the exception. Right. Flattering? Like, what like, do you mean? Stop it and don't do me no favors with the backhanded compliment. Like, right. I, I don't need your pity. Um, but I remember getting that a lot like you know well, you're pretty for a dark skin girl or you know liking certain features that I have so you know there's features and there's textures and I have 4c hair that you know yeah it just is what it is like Erica Badu said in her song clever my hair never hung down to my shoulders maybe when I was eight but <laughs> like now it just is what it is and you know I, I know too especially in the dating world because you talked about your experience with high school and how mm-hmm. um you know there was, you know, the, 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 the type of what's considered beautiful. And let's just talk really briefly about reverse colorism, because there are a lot of people who, you know, have these experiences and say, well, I was bullied for being light-skinned, or I was, you know, bullied yeah. because I had long hair or because I had this or that. Now I can say, and you can let me know what your experience has been. I could say that I've known people who have shared that with me personally, I can also say, though, that when they had a moment to give me a backhanded compliment or to somehow flex their awareness that they are prettier than me because society and other people found them to be more attractive than me, they let me know. Without a doubt, they let me know, you know, you pretty, but I'm prettier. And so, you know, if, and I'll be very honest, I found it difficult at that time to really lend compassion to their experience because I'm just like at every chance that you get you tell me you know well the the first thing you do is is throw out the term dark or black when you're frustrated with me get your black behind like you know it's just these it's the little things that let me know that you still feel whatever about me despite your experience of being bullied by the dark-skinned girls or the black girls who were whatever you know, you found it, you still find an opportunity to kind of flex and let me know that I'm still beneath you in some kind of way. And I just, that's been my experience. Now, as an adult, a woman who is now confident in herself and just aware of, just has so many other awarenesses, I can definitely say, okay, well, I have compassion for your situation. Let's talk about it because bullying is bullying and it's harmful, period. 
but my 20 something year old self wasn't really that open-minded we're not thinking about that you know what i'm saying especially when you're you when somebody's coming at you in a negative way you know you're going to automatically uh put yourself in a situation where you feel like oh i have to defend myself and i think those type of comments were just some of the easiest things to go after you know what i'm saying because it was it was used to harm us in you know anyway so like why could we use it against each other it's kind of like the same, I don't know, and it, you know, it's kind of like almost that conversation that we have about the N-word, you know, like nobody outside the race can say it, but we can say it to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, same thing with the the whole issue with colorism, I think, is, you know, it was the easiest way to know that we could hurt somebody, you know, like, oh, you black this, you dark that, oh, you red, you know, you red bone, or you red, you know, just all of those things that, you know, people would just say to you that, you know, would make you even more self-conscious about how you feel about yourself, you know, because heaven forbid any of us feel too, you know, too good about ourselves in any aspect, you know, there's always somebody there like waiting to kind of yank that, you know, take that, you know, that moment away from you or that feeling away from you. So I, I really, and I think too, um, as you start to kind of, as we, you know, grow older and you know and start to be more aware of who we are as women which I think that has a lot to do with knowing who you are before somebody can use those kind of words to really you know cut you know I I think now I definitely embrace being a darker skinned woman I love it actually um (laughs) and like I said there's so many things and like it's interesting because um I, you know, cause I can even recall times when I had like, you know, uh, you know, clients that were, you know, young girls, you know, young white girls come to me and sometimes like, oh, your skin is so this is so that. And they would purposely buy like the, like shades of foundation that were deeper, you know, for deeper skin and actually wear them because they wanted to be tan or they wanted to be, I don't care how fair she was, how blonde that hair was she wanted to be darker honey you know and again it's kind of like we're caught in the matrix with this one (laughs) yeah absolutely and you know speaking of like young girls too I remember like for a lot of people that I dated and unfortunately like you know if I dated someone that was brown skin or even just lighter than me the the conversation will always be well you know my mom likes dark-skinned sons but they don't like dark-skinned daughters I've had people tell me that and or you know um don't, you know, don't hit me like this because I'm light skin, I'm a bruise. But again, it kind of, it. so when Kevin Hart made that statement about like, oh, you know, black, you know, dark skin woman could take a punch because that's how people feel. And I felt the effects of that. So, you know, like you said, with, with white young girls wanting deeper tones of, of complexion products. And it's like, I understand, you know, it's not to invalidate the experience. I understand that there are some very valid experiences where, yes, you were bullied for being light and you were bullied because, you know, people thought you thought you were all that. Even if I did think I was all that, what's wrong with that? Like you said, it's okay to be confident, but like you said, sometimes we're just looking for ways to hurt each other and it's not to invalidate their experience at all. I just wanted to know, you know, a little bit more about, you know, 
what you thought about it because like I said now as an adult and I think you nailed it perfectly as woman it's just woman hurting woman when you become into the awareness of being a woman it's just like okay the shade doesn't even matter why are we hurting each other (laughs) you know right and you know that's a whole nother show topic you know (laughs) yes yes it is That we can get into, which we probably will uh, somewhere down the line, kind of dive a little bit more into that. But I think it's, it has a, um, it's a lot of perspective, you know, because mm-hmm. even just hearing you say that, you know, some of the things, some of the scenes that are kind of playing out in my mind, like, you know, I'm thinking about like, uh, I remember watching School Days and, you know, I think Spike, Spike Lee, you know, he is one of the rawest, most rarest, you know, like, type of directors that I have ever seen because he ain't he's not scared to you know push the envelope when it comes to especially with our people he will go there Mm -hmm. and school days was one of those films I think for all of us that you know resonated with all of us in some way so um and I distinctly remember you know the scene where you know it was going back and forth with the the different organizations you know so like it was depicted you know they had the you know the wannabes and the jigaboos right yes I was just thinking of the song (laughs) Right, I could I could go into a whole uh, you know, just singing the songs and no because I was thinking about that like dang, you know. And it did uh really kind of touch on the, you know, the urban legend of like is a real practice of, you know, that kind of colorism, you know, amongst our community and in a lot of HBCUs, you know, um, the light skin versus the dark skin girls, you know, especially, you know, um especially in the earlier days and when we start, you know, talking about, you know, uh, fraternities and sororities, you know, that was a real thing. So um, like the brown paper bag test. So the urban legend of that being, you know, um, a a measure or a standard of measure to measure, you know, your um, ability to belong to a group or an organization. So like you had to be either the shade of a paper bag or lighter to be even considered to be among a certain group or an elite, you know, an elite group of um, middle or upper class, you know, blacks. So, and it's still, you know, and it's still a thing that, you know, I think we still entertain, you know, sometimes. And I think me being a member of uh, a a Greek organization and being a dark-skinned woman, of uh, being a dark-skinned woman as well too. I think every time we do things like that, those are the things that we're taking those steps to kind of look past that and to you know potentially eradicate you know situations like this. You know, will it ever be changed? Probably not. We're hopeful. We're prayerful that it will. You know, but those are some things that we, you know, we have to take a look at, you know, that continue to perpetuate, you know, colorism. And I think too, like you had mentioned the paper bag test, I know watching the movie Bessie um, featuring Queen Latifah, she played Bessie when she did an amazing job. Um, But I remember scenes, two scenes, one where she was like, you know, I wrote this song, let's, you know, let's do it. And, um, you know, his feedback at first was, it's not hitting on all sixes. And he was like, so, you know, we're going to scrap your little song that you did. And so one of the other girls was like, well, you ain't do the paper bag test. And so again, it's that, that slap, like, here we are, we're all black, we're facing these experiences, but wait, 
I have a way that I could dig at you. So let's do the paper bag test. And the other part, now flip it later on where her career is rising and she's recruiting people. She did the paper bag test, but she was like, you have to be darker than, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when it came to seeking her talent um, that she wanted a part of her, you know, experience, it was like, you have to be darker than, and, you know, that intentionality with representation. And we kind of talked about that too, because your experience being in the world of media, like I'm going to keep gassing it up. <laughs> okay. Kid has been in the beauty industry, 26 plus years and counting. Okay. Like a mogul. So having experienced everything from being with celebrities and the socialites to being, you know, face-to-face -face with everyday beauties, every shade of beauty. And we all know like back then early, you know, cash money taking over for 99 and 2000, it wasn't really like a lot of dark skin representation unless it was for a certain yep. thing. You know, yep. she wasn't the lead. Whereas now there's, you know, a bit of a change and it's like, okay, we do want to kind of yeah. bring some others in. So give us a little bit of that because, you yeah. know, <laughs> no, that and that's real that's real talk because I, I I remember being on you know video sets um where I was in a sea of light-skinned long-haired girls that's all it was that's that's all it was that was the the feature girl the video vixen they were the pretty girls who got the roles who got the jobs to be you know um, the feature, you know, the features or the leads in these music videos, because the, that's what um, apparently or, you know, allegedly what guys wanted to see. And, and it was a very rare moment when I would see a dark skinned girl on set, you know, that would be, you know, um, featured in any, uh, any video or just period, you know, because that's just, that's just not what they were looking, looking for, you know, potentially. So, um, and it's interesting because even, you know, just to kind of talk about, you know, like to touch on some of the things that you had already mentioned with, you know, uh, reverse, you know, colorism, it, you know, that resentment is always there because you're like, okay, well, why, you know, they couldn't, they cast anybody else. You know, there were, are you telling me there were no dark skinned girls on, you know, that tried out for this video or that came that weren't considered pretty, you know, like you're kidding me, which I've seen some, I've worked with some really beautiful girls of all shades, you know, but that was what they were requesting. That's what they wanted. That's what some of the artists were requesting that they wanted the light skin, long hair girls in the video, you know, fast forward to now where we're really starting to see the table being shaken when it comes to, you know, how we're being, you know, represented in the beauty industry and, um, a lot more, um, a lot more darker skin, uh, darker skin women are on the, you know, are on the covers of these magazines, um, in the forefront of social media and being represented in the fashion industry as well too, which I am loving to see, you know, that they are starting to embrace and demand that this be the standard across the board. Like, hey, there's more to being black than just being a light skin you know, like a light-skinned Black women, you know, not to say that they're not beautiful because they are, but there's that tan beauty, there's that Caribbean beauty, there's that African beauty, there's that Sudanese beauty, all of those things, you know, and I'm loving seeing all of those changes that are happening. So those are the type of steps that I'm, you know, paying attention to in this industry to see if they're really paying attention and listening to what 
all shades have to bring to the table and seeing the beauty in all of those things, you know? So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody that's black as well. <laughs> I don't care, you know, and I, you know, people can say what they need to say. Cause again, this is in no way, shape or form to, you know, downplay any race because I believe equality across the board period. But the reality is when it comes to our community and our people, this is what it is. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I have to speak about because this is the, the thing that keeps me around for as long as I have been in the beauty industry is to make sure on some level that I have to do my part in this industry to make sure that the brown girls are represented and not just the brown girls, but the black girls, period. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with that, because I think that, you know, again, it's what we're doing, our representation, our existence, our visibility, our demand to be in a space where, you know, we're constantly, um, kind of like it's, it's dehumanizing a bit or humiliating to you know be pushed back or not considered be good but that's enough. the point right because that's where all this stems from if you really think about it you know it's, so, it's like the house is like the house the house of slaves against the field slaves right yeah yeah you and know? so you know between so many things under the isms but the main umbrella being colorism but you know like we I touched on earlier featureism and texturism just so many different things like you said with your aunt having the experience of you know having a potential partner with someone who's had more keen features and I think that most families can they've you know experienced that in some way or another where someone has you know encouraged them to do something um to create this beautiful uh, aesthetic for their their bloodline um but let's also talk about like now because we are talking about fast forward how there is more representation more positive representation where you know dark skin beauties are the leader dark skin beauties are you know considered intelligent and how that will you know change how we treat each other because you know media and the television um really has a lot to do with <laughs> how we you know treat each other and perceive each other it's a social experiment so now here we are fast always forward been. right it's always been so we're not we're, we're no longer in a space of you know not loving or liking ourselves or things about ourselves or if yeah. we do we, we have coping mechanisms so let uh share with us some of you know your coping mechanisms on how you overcome this monster called colorism you know what, Fox, I don't know that it's something that I, you know, even for me personally, that I've really overcome because mm -hmm. again, I feel like there's still work to do when it comes to this topic, you know, amongst our, you know, amongst our people, we are still at war with each other, this internal battle that we have with ourselves and with our community. And it's, it's an ongoing thing, you know, like I said, I don't know that off the top of my head if this is something that could be eradicated but is is there something I mean there's so many other things in play that that would have to make this go away right right um, but I will I will say this it's it's just a, really about us doing our part and being conscious of it like for me I at every chance I get you know um I make it a a, a an, intent, an intentional decision to go against all stereotypes when it comes to being a brown skinned girl. Um, 
I, you'll never, like, I tell, you know, like I, my friends know me, you'll never catch me in a lip that's not bright, you know, not to say, and I, and I used to, and I used to, you know, I used to make a joke, but I'm like, you're not going to catch me in no brown lipstick. You're not going to catch, I'm already brown. I want something else that's going to, you know, really like intensify or highlight my features or my skin color. So I'm going to wear the brightest of the pink. I'm going to wear the reddest of the red. I'm going to wear the oranges of the orange. Hell, I might even show up in a bright purple, you know, just to go ahead and just mesh all, all the way up. So, you know, I intentionally make those kind of decisions when it comes to beauty for me, even in color choices. Like you'll see me in dark colors and black all the time. You know, I think just as a beauty industry professional, that's that's our color. That's our yeah. uniform, right? So you're always yeah. dress in black. But there's also a reason for that because these colors bounce off and reflect color like none other. So there is, you know, a method to the madness all the time, you know, but for me, it's, it's literally just kind of going against all the, the norms and the social, you know, acceptance of what is for brown girls. Like I'm always going to go against that just to prove them wrong, just to go ahead and just be like, like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not wearing that. That's just me. I'm always going to be that. And I'm always going to be that, not just for me, but for other brown skin girls and for other black women, I'm always going to be that girl. So that's how I kind of handle it by going against what everybody else wants me to do or be neutral. I'm never going to be neutral. I'm always going to be bright. I'm always going to live out loud. I'm always going to just be that girl. Okay. Well, look. So I, I know I got a little passion on that one. <laughs> I don't think people like I know people who know me understand this but when it comes to beauty because we've been told for so long who we should be who what we need to look like like mm -hmm. I'm over that shit like I am so over that shit is just like killing me softly and I think it's just something to be said for every time I see us and show up in this manner for not just for ourselves but for each other Mm. it just does something to me it feel it totally fills my cup and i'm that gonna keep beautiful. being that 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 i'm gonna keep being that bastion of rebellion against all things you know when it comes to the norm of beauty because this is beauty honey this is who yeah. we are Getting nobody through. does it like us i don't care <laughs> well i know for me um because I, I struggled with it for a very long time. Like I said, it wasn't so much I didn't want to be dark skin. I just didn't want to be ugly. And because it was it was synonymous, but I, I always still liked my skin. I just didn't want to be perceived as ugly. So now fast forward as an adult, what has helped me is um, I'm focused on me. That's like one thing. I am totally focused on me. I'm not comparing myself to anybody. I'm not saying I'm just as beautiful as, no, I'm just beautiful. And I read something somewhere, please forgive me because I don't have the source, but it was just emphasizing how, you know, our existence is God's fingerprint. And so this is God's fingerprint. This is design. Look at this. <laughs> Look at my cheekbones, okay? Like this is all by God's design. Just like, you know, your beautiful face is by God's design and so is everyone else's. Amen. So that has really helped me. And maybe... Um, I want to say two years ago when I was really in a thick of MS, you know, so when you're overcoming a disease or, you know, you're first coming head on with it, beauty was not like me doing my eyebrows was not the first thing in my mind. Yes. While I was in the hospital, I said, bring my brow pencil, my concealer and my little gloss. And I'll post a throwback of that. Um, however, when I got home and I was really struggling to walk and to wash myself and to wash my hair, I'm not thinking about that. However, 
as time went on, because I had gained some 40 something pounds from not being able to move. And my hair was falling out like crazy because I was stressed out. And I was just like, oh man, I do not feel beautiful at all. And I, you know, I venerate my ancestors. I, I would look at pictures of them and I was like, they were so beautiful. And then I just heard, so were you. You're a reflection right. of us. You are the latest model of us. And I would never, you know, like I can't, my, to me, my mother is, you know, one of the most beautiful women, if not the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. So granted, we don't really look alike, but we do share some features. And looking at the features of, you know, my bloodline, that's what esteems me. Knowing where I come from esteems me. So, you know, yes, like I emphasize, you know, America is my geopolitical place. However, I esteem myself as being African because that's where my ancestors come from. So I'm a Yoruba woman. And looking at the woman, I'm like, wow, we all look alike. Oh my goodness, they're all beautiful. And that really helped me. Um, so it's unfortunate that, you know, again, in other parts of the world, they're still battling with colorism within themselves. But, you know, and, and there's all these bleaching products here in the US too, and especially over there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. However, that's what helps me. Like, you know, one, knowing that this is by design, this is God's fingerprint, and then looking at the material. Look at the material of where I come from. I come from a long line of beautiful women who are tall, who are thick, who are dark skinned, who have different textures of hair. You know, for me, again, and I think I've mentioned this before, but knowing where I come from makes a difference. You know, my mother's side of their family, they have Choctaw. You know, they're from um, New Orleans and from Cali. And, you know, there's a whole lot of things that are going on so beauty isn't just one aspect you know the 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 look of it doesn't look just one way for me I'll take it all in and that's what helps me you know get over it and would help me to embrace you know my sister who's a little lighter than me and any other beauty that I see because I know what I'm made of I know where I come from again look at the material these cheekbones you know this skin is smooth I tell you all the time honey Come on, and, don't even know. That's why y'all out here highlighting to get your <laughs> And like you mentioned too, lesson. <laughs> um, you like to wear bright colors. I had to learn to like to wear bright colors. And I remember when I was 13, my aunt said, yellow looks nice on you. Cause I would only wear black. Cause I just, I, I just felt like I wanted to disappear. And I wear sometimes brighter clothes. Mostly I'm in white, but I wear sometimes brighter clothes. And I, for me, especially having had severe acne when I was growing up. So yeah. complexion is my thing. So I just wanted to look smooth and I may do a red lip here or there or a blue or a green. Cause I was having a spell with that too. But for the most part, my emphasis is just complexion. But I, I admire, cause like, I tell you all the time, like, yo, that's a cute look, you know, like even today, <laughs> you know, with this very cute fuchsia with the gloss popping, like, you know, it, it, there's different modalities of how it could be expressed to our appreciation for our complexion. But I love how bold you are and how you just are like, nope, I'm here, I'm seen and I'm letting other sisters know too. I appreciate that. Listen, cause it matters. You know, not only representation, but how we show up to represent. It matters. Yes. It matters, you know. Um, my, 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 my girls that I've mentored and that, you know, have worked with me and for me, like there was a standard I would set for them, you know, like, hey, listen, brown girl, I'm going to need you to um, step off the uh, floor for two seconds, go put a lip on, put, you know, pull it together, pull it together, you know, and, and then come back to me and, you know, represent not only yourself, but 
for the rest of us as well too. That is always going to be a standard that I set for any woman that I come in contact with, you know. Um, I know it might even be cliche to say sometimes, you know, we don't want to look like what we going through, which we don't, right? And I don't care whether, you know, what the situation is, look, we always going to show up and show out. That's how I believe. That's what I believe. It's what I've been taught. It's how I was raised, you know. My grandmother told, don't you go out this house without, these ear without your earrings and your lipstick. <laughs> and I live by that to this day. So. so I think then our beauty secret for today is going to be challenge yourself with how you how you see yourself in the skin you're in. So yes. if the challenge is a bold colored lipstick, what, what are you wearing today? Oh, gosh, on my lips, I have on, um, I believe today I have on a NYX lip gloss, a NYX butter, a butter gloss. Forgive me, I don't know the, the color off top of hand, but all things pink. Okay. <laughs> all things pink. Well, I mean, so I'm not sure of the color, but we can probably, I'll find out what it is. But yeah, that's what I have on today. So that's our beauty secret for today. Love the skin you're in. Challenge yourself, whether it's a bold lipstick or whether you have to, you know, again, look at the material where you come from so that you're comfortable with the skin that you're in, no matter your background. Um, again, having a very diverse background, um, but still a, a lineage of dark, darker skin people and being able to appreciate that beauty step outside the box do what you can to make yourself feel amazing with the skin that you're in so that you can just live beautifully live fully and be able to extend that compassion for anyone else who shares their experiences with you so that's our beauty secret today. We do want to hear y'all sound off in the comments. Let us know if you've ever experienced colorism. Let us know, you know, um, how you've overcome it, if it's still a challenge for you, because we could work together. You know, we do like to um, comment back and talk with you all in the comment section. So we're looking forward to hearing from you all. And until next time, I am your girl, Fox. And I'm your girl, Kate. And we will see y'all in the next episode. Peace.